Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hi, hi. Let's take it back to the month of turkey days. I know. I feel like with the holidays, you quickly forget how November went, what it was like, because you just roll straight into the next holiday and get distracted by family and shopping and cookies and all the things. Chocolate, movie watching, all the stuff. But we are here for another... What? Are you going to make me marshmallows this year? Yes, of course I am. I'm so excited. I'll probably do that next week. I'll get you some, girl. Okay. Okay. But... Instead of talking about marshmallows all episode long, which I could definitely do, we are here for another profit report. So if you're new here or if you haven't listened to a bunch of these, we now have well over a year's worth of episodes where we share profit reports with you. We made a goal last fall, so actually to end of 2019, the fall of 2019, we decided to focus more on profit, keeping more profit within our business in order to make more money and pay ourselves instead of reaching huge, sexy revenue goals. And our business drastically changed because of that mindset shift. So now every single month we share with you the breakdown of expenses, profit, where the money went, how it came in, breakdown of products within our own company. So you can be inspired to do the same breakdown within yours. And as always, we encourage you to continue the conversation over in our DMs on Instagram. If you have any follow-up questions whatsoever about what we share today, or if you want to share an amazing win that you had within your own business because of looking at profit in a new way, we would love to hear it. Yeah. So throwing it back to November, right at the beginning of the month, we started promoting a new challenge. We love challenges and have done quite a few different ones over the course of this business, but this one was brand new to us. It was the four-day batch blitz challenge, and we were helping our students create 30 days of content in just four days, a couple hours every single day, but across so many different platforms. So this wasn't just like 30 days of Instagram. This was all the content you would need to create to promote market and sell your business. And I had so much fun. Yeah, it was definitely a different vibe to me than other challenges. But I mean, I could get into why a little bit, but I'd love to know your thoughts on it. I had a lot of fun. I thought the, you know, as always, there are going to be people who participate for the entire challenge and like really do it well and like actually use the challenge to their benefit. And 
those are my favorite people to interact with because they're seeing the benefit of the work that we put together for them. Putting together a challenge, marketing it, promoting it, and then showing up for that challenge is a lot of work, you guys, like a lot of work. There's way more things tech and logistically wise that you guys don't even think about before like wanting to run one. So I always feel good when there's people who are seeing the value and participate all week long. And as challenges go, like there's the spike of engagement at the beginning, and then everything dwindles off towards the middle and the end. And that's to be expected. But I do think people still had fun. And I think that I saw recently, someone posted, tagged us on Instagram about how they had prepped like a whole month of content. And so it was from that challenge that they were able to utilize that to implement those types of skills and batching techniques for future content purposes in their business. So yeah, when we started, we had a goal of hitting 3000 challenge participants, and we racked up 3472 people who participated and signed up for the challenge, which feels super great. And I love seeing people come in and droves because we really focus on producing value. Our challenges are not necessarily about a giant sales pitch, though we've definitely added promotions on to the beginning and end of them. The main purpose of a challenge is really, I think, to grow your list and grow it with engagement. So you're trying to show people that you are willing to deliver high value content that is worth something to them so that when you do get into more of a sales period, which it could be immediately following a challenge, there's nothing wrong with that, that they have already earned that no like and trust from you and have seen results and thus are more willing to pull the trigger on whatever sales. Yeah, I think that's a unique way that we've looked at challenges from the very first that we put out, which I mean, if you guys have been around here, you know, we literally can't stop talking when it comes to strategy or assisting you guys in brainstorming ideas for what you could do here, there, this, that and the other in your business. And so it's it's second nature for us to have a really valuable, free thing that we offer you guys. And I think a lot of people have looked at challenges for a long time as like, what's, you know, what's step zero, and then it automatically leads into what would be considered like first module or the first step your people need to take in order to purchase from you, buy from you, sign up from you and whatever. There's literally nothing wrong with those challenges or techniques or whatever. We're just like, "Mm, we want the challenge to be able to serve as something super, super, super valuable on its own. And because people will see like breakthroughs, get takeaways, see like, implement things and see changes in their business, then they're going to hang out here. And when they're ready to buy they'll buy. Right, right. I love kind of doing it in this format. Because at this point, it's almost like a plug and play system, even though the challenge was brand new, we knew exactly what we needed to produce to put it out there. We knew what videos we needed to create what landing pages we needed to do. And not that it's formulaic, because we definitely focused on creating new content for the challenge. Yeah, a new challenge. But we are able to use a system that has worked for us in the past. And so that made it easier to transition. Yeah. The, the biggest difference, I think, with this one is in the past, we've gone from a challenge straight into promoting a webinar, mm-hmm. which would promote our product. And this time we did not do that. We decided 
to forego a webinar altogether and instead promoted one of our partners promotions they had going on with Black Friday and all of that. And mm-hmm. so that was an interesting kind of transition. Definitely less work on our a end. A lot less work on our end. But it also felt to me, I was a little bit like, oh, I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely felt that way for me too, where it's like, oh, the, no, the challenge is done. And okay, we have some emails and okay, we're going to promote this thing over here. It definitely felt that way for me too, because we had done that for so many other challenges where for us, I mean, a challenge realistically is, you know, two to three weeks of promotion and at least a month of setting it up the week of the challenge, and then another week after the challenge of promotion for the paid product or service or offer or whatever that we had going on. So it's a lot of work with, you know, high reward typically. But this one was, yeah, it was just like, oh, and since it was a partner product, it wasn't like we could see like, oh, sales coming in every day. And this like, it wasn't that like kind of thing that we were used to feeling from our own challenge offer segue. I mean, it was still effective. It still worked. We intentionally did that for goals that we wanted to reach in other places, but it was different. Yeah, it was definitely different. Now, the interesting thing is we did run a sale amidst the challenge, but didn't like heavy promote it. It was just like there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like the main focus. And so we offered $100 off our annual plan, which until very recently, we had never offered any discount. But the thing that's crazy is, and this is where it all comes back to cash flow, and we can talk more about the pros and cons of this. But when you change what you put your emphasis on, it can have long-term effects on your business. Good, bad, and different, you get to decide. But as our shop grows, we have run into a problem that, I mean, pretty much every membership on the planet runs into. Yeah, literally every. And that is how to handle and manage churn in a way that is the most beneficial to everyone involved. Because you want to be an effective, you want to have an effective community for your people, but you also want to manage cash flow expectations and set yourself up for success long-term. Well, and I think it's not that it's frustrating for me, but the idea of tackling churn is, is really overwhelming because there are literally a thousand plus different ways that you could impact churn, both good and bad. There are so many different ways that different business owners look at churn because you need and should be looking at it in the way that you want to fix it, correct it in your business, in the way that's working for you. So there's some people who will be like, well, raise the price then, and then it won't matter. You'll make up that difference in people who are paying more for your membership than who you lost, and it's fine. Some people will say only offer annual or offer quarterly payments and take away monthly. Don't even have that as an option because then you'll have all the money up front. And then some people say, just keep having the low price and have it at monthly and then just get more people. And then you just need to recreate or create something on the back end of your system that's nurturing those people to keep them staying. And then when you're looking at that, it's like, okay, do they just need more communication? Do they need more content? Do they need different content? Like there's so many different facets of this that you could tweak and change that 
the thing that takes the longest to figure out is what we should be doing. And what we are doing is only picking one thing at a time to test and try, giving it some months to see, did this help us enough to where that's the only thing we need to worry about doing right now? Or do we need to try something else? Right. So the interesting piece, and I I find it has been, it's hard to analyze data when you don't have, like, I would love to have years worth of right. you know, things to look at. But then even with that, you know, the internet and consumers and buying behavior, it changes right. so dramatically all the time. And so even if I were able to look back for a longer period, I don't know how accurate it would be. So as much as forecasting is a science, it's also an art because you really, you just don't know (laughs) what's going to happen. And so we wanted to see what we could do about kicking churn in the bucket. Like not that we were going to fix it. I don't think we were going to, but that wasn't the goal, but like, what could we do? And I, if you remember last time we did talk about what would it look like to only offer annual, we definitely did consider that option. But when I started doing the math, I was like, "Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we can't, not that we couldn't, but like the conversions were just not high enough. Mm-hmm. justify cutting off that stream. Right. And so because of that, we decided to continue to have monthly, but we did do a push temporarily on our annual plan. And we did this in both October and November, but November was really the first time we could see what an impact it had. And yeah. I think three to six months from now, we'll have an even bigger idea. But just as a reminder, when you push annual, more than likely, you're getting all the cash you're going to get from that person up front. Not that they won't renew next year, but that's a total yeah, it's a 12 month delay in the next time you're getting a cash influx. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. We did see an 8% increase in membership from October to November, which is fantastic. And I love seeing the membership continuing to grow. You know, some months we've seen it be a lot more significant than that. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not totally sure what the threshold of what's going to be our normal number of members. We haven't figured that out. But I do know in a single month, because of our push on annual, even though I think it was pretty downplayed, we did make 11% less revenue uh, from month to month. And it's because we got it all up front, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that will happen likely again in okay. December because we got new memberships in November. Yeah. So the membership will grow, but unless you continue to add those annual people, right? it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. mean, I still think, and my gut still says that we have become nurtured internally to just prefer consistent yes. growth. Yes. And thus are okay with having it take longer to receive cash injections, which makes me think we probably won't do an annual sale for a while. Well, and I think that fits right into our business values anyways, where we are not a company that offers sales or discounts. We just don't. We never have. It's not something that we rely on as a marketing strategy. So I think it's in alignment with who we are as people to be like, hey, you know what? Only on Black Friday or only on this time are we ever going to offer this sale. And if you want to pay it once and save some money, great. If not, then do it monthly. Right, right. So we have seen that increase. Like I said, 8% more members, 11% less revenue from month to month. But 
we can now tell, and I will tell you, before we promoted annual, annual was like a laughable number of people had annual. Uh, yeah. And now 9% of our membership is- That's annual. wild to me. So we for sure got more upgrades than new annual people, right? Yeah. So we had, I'd have to go back and double check the percentage, but it, it seemed pretty 50-50 of we had existing members who saw the value of what they had already been purchasing and they chose to upgrade during the sale period. Mm -hmm. And then we had definitely new annual memberships come in. But now the total of all of our memberships, 9% of all of our memberships are on the annual plan, which means if you, in layman's terms, 91% of our members are only paying monthly. Right. So then you can do some math on, okay, if that's the case, then this is what my kind of monthly revenue looks like. It's like any change you make has an impact. I'm not mad about the changes we made. I wanted to test things. And every time we test things, we learn things. And I don't think it was bad. Like I think I loved getting people in because here's the thing. While we had less revenue, guess what happened to our churn? Right, right. I mean, it dropped six percentage points. Yeah. yeah. That's significant. And I'm almost wondering, just as we're talking about this out loud, if yes, having like maybe one public sale for the year of, you know, get in, this is your only time to save, blah, blah, blah. But I'm wondering this because like literally churn retention, right, is to keep members for longer, to not get them to yeah. leave. And so if we're like, okay, our members are staying, what do we say? Six, seven months? That's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah. What if at the seven month mark or the six month mark, they get started on a funnel in their inbox of, hey, now you can upgrade and save and you can save, but it's only an email. It's only a time related offer Right. because, okay, we see a lot of people drop off at that point. What if we're able to retain them? We're not able to retain them on monthly now, but I'd rather retain them. Then have them cancel, right? Then have them cancel. And then it's a catch of like, when does it make sense to do that? Because right. that may be the fall off point, but when do they have these these feelings of maybe I should? Right. Is it five months? Right. And they just get around to canceling at seven? Right. And, and I don't oh. know the answer. And everybody's so different because even yeah. though that's the like pattern across the board or that's the right. average, that doesn't mean that's what's happening consistently with all of our right. members that are leaving. And even the ones that are leaving, we've gotten, I would say yeah. 98%, 99% positive feedback. Uh-huh. Like, love it. We'll be back. Yeah. Just well, it right now or whatever. And, 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 and here's what's funny too, is to me, there's the the mental game of I want to be part business owner, strategy, marketing person that's like, let's decrease turn, increase retention, make people happy. What can we do to try to navigate this yada, yada, yada? And then the other side is like, dude, if you need to bow out after three months and come back, you do you and what works for you. And I like literally no harm, no foul. I do not take that personally whatsoever. So it's a weird like, balance of wanting to strategically figure it out and just being like, this is how humans are. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and then add on to all of that. And this is where it gets hard because it's like, I have all these numbers. I have all this data points 
And then there becomes this emotional component because as the shop becomes a bigger and bigger percentage of our overall business, yeah, any shift yeah. that feels any like an ounce of uncomfortable right. makes the whole business feel that way because it's such a large part of right. the overall. Right. And so trying to define the line of like, this is totally normal. We still have this much in predictable income, like all of that stuff. I'm still figuring it out and yeah. trying to like neutralize that on my end as much as possible before I share stuff with the team because I don't want them reading into my emotional response to how things are going. Right. I just want them to know the data. Right. Well, so, and let's segue into when she's saying it's a big part of our business. (laughs) I'm not joking. (laughs) 61% Mm -hmm. of our business in November. So this time last year, zero. Zero. It wasn't even born yet. It didn't exist. So to have something in 10 months, 11 months, go from not literally part of your bottom line to 61% of your business, you best bet that any volatility at all is alarming, but also like exciting because it's still new and it's still a baby and you're still figuring it all out. And yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was 22 minutes of the shop. So let's move on to some other stuff. So I just want to kind of give you guys some breakdown. So if the shop was 61%, Strategy Academy, our signature program is sitting at 25%. Yeah. Trello for business, our little baby is at 7%. Those two things didn't get really any of our attention in November. And so it makes sense that they're sitting at where they are. Trello does have a not necessarily, this isn't necessarily impacting Trello, but we do have ads for all of these products out there. But Trello now has a upsell that I think is helping just increase the customer value for those sales in general, which is nice. Right. right. So previously with Trello, we were really looking for a break-even sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now with anywhere between 30 and 45% of the people who buy Trello upselling, even though it's a small upcharge, we're essentially getting paid to get new high interest leads, which has been awesome. And it allows us to have more wiggle room in the rest of our budget. And as we continue to kind of grow the shop, we are adjusting on the back end and single-handedly, you know, it's kind of flip-flop between advertising and team of what takes up a bigger percent of our budget. That goes back and forth, but it's still a significant expense. And so I wanted to just kind of mention with ads, we have to test and try things. And the difference between testing and trying things with ads versus testing and trying things on your own is, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. and not that you can't test early enough or like in a small enough number that you couldn't like make it up in another way. Like I don't think we are running ads at this point, like 
gambling. Like we're no, no. we are watching it like a hawk and we know what's working and what's not and really quickly can make shifts and changes. But you know, anytime we run like a challenge, for instance, our ad costs go up and we don't always know how it will turn over on the back end. Right. So for this month, because we were running a challenge and then promoted a brand partner instead, we didn't necessarily have a direct return for all of our ads. So our ad costs went up, but our revenue didn't necessarily reflect the change. And so our ad costs were 29% of our overall budget, which just so you guys know, as a reminder, our goal is to have it around 30. So it's not bad. We no, that's with a huge promotion that's at not even yeah. reaching our yeah, goal. So when we're not in a huge promotion, it's lately it's been somewhere between 20 and 25. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty happy with everything going on. That's where it landed. Yeah. So that puts our overall cost of goods sold, which we include advertising as part of that at 33%. So that's pretty much right on target. We did see a increase in our team costs. We have been working on a pretty intense, I wouldn't say change, but just like reorganization of how we project manage on the back yeah. end. And we want to make that at all project managing. <laughs> Well, I think about how our team has functioned to this point is, you know, most of the people on our team have been with us for years at this point. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they know how to run a launch. They know what's involved. They know all the ins and outs. And we haven't had a true project manager before. Right. We are kind of making a shift internally to incorporate that. And so our team costs have gone up. I do think it's actually going to go back down in the new year. Yeah. And then obviously as revenue rises, the team costs in percentage go down. So to have it be where it's at with everything else going on, I think. Agreed. Right on track. So it has been around 20. Last month, we were at 31% of our revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it to not only go down, but I think it all, even with, because I think there's two positions that we're looking to fill really early on next year. I think even with those two positions, I think we're still going to be below where we are like our max. Right, right. So we, we work on our budget and I know what we can spend. And then I like to figure out based on what we are spending, what our budget is and then a version of what it could be Mm -hmm. because I think that gives us a range. But here's the thing, guys. If your team costs are lower, Mm -hmm. your overall revenue to make the same amount of money is lower. So when we're talking about profit, I'm okay with having less revenue and keeping more money. I know that sounds crazy to say out loud, but like literally think through what I just said and it might blow your mind. Yep. Because I mean, in 2019, our whole purpose was more revenue, but we kept way less of that. And so when we switch, it's literally the purpose of these calls right now, when we switch that mentality to focus on keeping more, keeping more, don't care if we make less, I want to make more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's tricky. It feels better for us. 
Yeah. So thinking about cash flow, and I will jump into profits super quickly, but I just want to mention we're at an interesting crux of we have gotten the business to this super secure place. And while it definitely takes work to maintain, we know what it takes to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, We're now at the point where we have enough like savings and cash flow that we can make strategic decisions to like utilize cash to grow our business, but it's always a little bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So trying to come up with our ads team, you know, what is the return, the immediate return we're willing to take as like our cutoff point to be okay with what it's going to do long term. Because up until, I mean, I would say for the last year, well, maybe the first six months of the year, we were very adamant, very adamant that every dollar that came in, we had to see a dollar back. So Mm -hmm. our return on ad spend meant we had to break even on the front end. But you remember, like she said, with the shop, the average person is staying six, seven months. So profit is month two through six or seven. Yep. But now because cash flow is the way it is, are you willing to take less upfront knowing right. that someone's going to stay? And right. I mean, obviously it's still a gamble. You can't for sure say that, but if your averages consistently tell you the same thing over and over and over again, which are, if you listen to our kind of year end review, we talked about what our, average student was worth. We didn't tell you the exact dollar amount, but it has more than doubled in a year and has stayed there. Like it doubled and then it continued to be consistently at this point. And so with that in mind, would you pay more for someone to come in knowing they're worth more? I don't know. I don't know. All things to think about. Those are solid questions. (laughs) And Emily's like, you can tell me what I should do because yep. I don't know. So yep. that's, that's a lot, guys. That's what I'm thinking about going in to 2021. But I will say this month, our profit was a little bit low. But I think this is just a demonstration of what it's like to run a high cost challenge mm-hmm. when we're not selling our thing on the back end. and then. On top of that, we didn't even really touch on it, but just the volatility of what was going on because it's November. Okay, so just as a reminder, we had the U.S. presidential election followed by the biggest sales week of the entire year. And so for in terms of e-commerce competition, it is yeah. not shocking that our ad costs were higher to get even a lower result. Yep. And so it's not surprising that our profit is also a little bit down, but I'm not worried about it. No, nope. we, we still made 9% profit and I am feeling good about yep. rolling into December. Yeah. I think December's profit report will be interesting since we are off this month. Like we're doing some meetings and clearly some podcasting, but no promotions. No, we're just like letting things kind of linger. We're getting some systems organized. We'll fill you in on everything that our team is working on this month. Next month, 
going into the new year. I'm super excited about stuff we have coming. Yeah. But yeah. We're it's pretty chill over here right now. <laughs> Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.